You're listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. This is, I think this is my favorite thing to do, come be with you guys. I um, love being with you. This is such a blast. You're so uh, kind and uh, I hope you're energy rubs off on me, because we're normally putting kids to bed right now and like laying down. <laughs> My wife Amy is here. She's that pretty blonde girl in the green sweatshirt. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, <laughs> some of you are very eager, I think. Um, <laughs> I want to tell you about a dream that I had, uh, not like when I was sleeping, but when I was in college, I had this dream. And it was not to plant a church. Um, If you have dreams to plant a church, that's awesome. My dream in college was to find and marry a pretty girl that loved Jesus. And uh, I I, I thought my my sophomore year of college, I I I thought that I found her. And so I started asking her to dinner really, you know, slyly, not really making it sound like a date. We hung out all the time. And uh, one night, I remember uh, really vividly, it was right before winter break, and we were sitting, I, I lived at this terrible rent house, and we were sitting on a couch in the backyard, which is already kind of gross, and somehow I had managed to, like, work my arm around her, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't touching her, but I kind of had my arm around her, and I remember looking at her and thinking, okay, this is it, and so I said, I really would like to pursue a relationship with you. I think you know where this may be going. She, she, uh, she looked at me and in the kindest words possible. She just said, I think I'm, I'm just a freshman in college and I don't think I'm ready for a relationship. And so at that moment, you know, my, my dreams were just shattered, and, you know, do you ever feel like you're there, like, you've got this dream, and you think it's going well, and then your plan just kind of starts to unravel? I think that can apply to a lot of things. I mean, maybe, maybe your thing right now is you're looking for the one, maybe you're in a relationship or not in a relationship, and maybe this is something that you're worried about, like, man, uh, I, I, want, I want this to happen, I don't want my plan to get messed up. <laughs> or maybe for you, your dream is a dream job. Uh, maybe you're going after your degree, taking the hard classes, getting the internships, all that stuff. Um, but regardless of what your dream is, uh, I think the, 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 the Bible has something that can be helpful for us today. And even if you're not a follower of Jesus, even if you don't have a dream, or maybe your dream is so bad, like, I'm not allowed to say what my dream is at church, right? It's not a good dream. But this is still going to be helpful. And so... Even maybe if you don't feel like you know what your dream is at this point, um, I want to just tell, th- tell you this. God has a dream for your life. And, and you have purpose and value, and you are worthy of fulfilling your dreams. And so no, no matter where you stand, there's going to be hard times. I'm not trying to say everything's going to be perfect. I'm just saying that God cares about you, and he wants you to have dreams. Um, So we're going to talk about a guy tonight that I think you talked about last week. I listened to Brandon's message. It was awesome. If you haven't heard it, please go back. 
to the Journey podcast and listen to the, the message about the power of prayer. It was incredible. Um, so Abraham was who you talked about last week. We're gonna talk about him again tonight. He, uh, he was given a dream by God. Um, and and uh, what happened was God told him, you are gonna be, I'm gonna bless you so that you can be a blessing to all the nations. And you're gonna be the father of many nations. And so God gives him this huge dream and what does he do? He kind of goes and he makes his plan, which is kind of what we all do. You have a dream, and then to make it become a reality, you have to, like, do something, right? And so he goes, and he figures he's old. He's, like, 90-something. His wife is super old, too, Sarah. And his wife has this idea. She's like, there's no way I could ever have a baby. So why don't you get with my slave, my servant, and she can provide you a son. And so she, he does. He goes, and he gets with Hagar, Sarah's slave, and they have a baby. That baby is Ishmael, and he's thinking, okay, well, at least, you know, the plan is kind of working, and then God comes back to him again when he's 99 years old, and God says, actually, no. Sarah, your wife, is going to have your legitimate child from your marriage, and Sarah's sitting in the tent next door listening, and she just starts busts out laughing because she thinks there's no way. How in the world? There's no way. It can't happen, and then, of course, when Abraham's 100 years old, Isaac is born. And the funny thing is, Isaac means he laughs. And so God, like, mocked Sarah with that name. Um, <laughs> and so they started to really um, feel like, man, this dream is becoming a reality. And um, I, I kind of had that feeling, too. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling. But that pretty girl that turned me down, she came back after Christmas break, and she said, can I say it? Is that okay? She's embarrassed by what she said. She said, your feelings are reciprocated. <laughs> That's when I knew. Oh, man. That's when I knew. And so we dated. We studied abroad together. We had all these cool adventures. And uh, we got engaged. And I remember when we were engaged, there was this one time where she was staying at the house where we were going to live when we got married. And we wanted to try to stay pure. Um, and so I stayed somewhere else the night before. And then I went to pick her up. And on my way to pick her up, I was turning left, and I thought I had a green arrow. My memory is pretty fuzzy. But as I turned, this car just came and just hit the, the kind of corner of the front of my vehicle. And I remember just being like, boom, it killed me. It didn't, 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 you know, didn't do any serious injuries to me. And, of course, it didn't mess up our relationship. But it was kind of another one of those places where I felt like, I've got this plan. I'm going to pick her up. And my plan just... <laughs> literally crashes and burns. My car was totaled. And this is what's about to happen to Abraham. He's about to have his plan rocked because he's got this dream. He's got this son. And this is what God says to him. We're in Genesis 22, by the way. Genesis 22, verse one, it says this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. First of all, can we just agree that's really cool that God speaks to him? Abraham has a relationship with God where he gets to literally hear God's audible voice. How cool would that be? How many times in your life have you thought, man, if God, you would just speak to me right now? <laughs> and the funny thing is, this is like um, a cop-out, but like we're getting to hear God speak right now through this story. And so I hope that maybe you'll be encouraged as you go throughout your week. You can hear God speak anytime you want. Just open this book up. 
And here's what he says, verse two. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. On a mountain I will show you. And he hears God, but he doesn't doesn't respond. He doesn't say anything. I don't know if maybe he's in shock. To be really honest, I have a really hard time with this story. Um, Because every other religion is like this, right? You see gods that are disgusting and vengeful, vindictive, telling people to kill their children, sacrifice them on the altar. The God of the Bible is supposed to be different, right? And so I think my tendency is to want to look away from this story. I think what God wants from us, he, I think he wants us to kind of lean in and see, does God really conform to what all these other religions say and what all these other religions do? Is he the same? Is he this vengeful, vindictive God that some people claim? And some of you maybe have heard this story and have decided that you don't want to be followers of Jesus because of stories like this. But I want to invite you, don't look away. Lean in, listen to this story because you get to hear something about the heart of God. This story is not an instruction manual, I promise it's a story about the heart of God. And let's, let's just keep going in this story. Verse three, it says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. You just see Abraham going through all these motions I think he's, he's still just silent. I, I can't even imagine what's going on in his head. He's putting, loading up his donkey, right? He's cutting the wood, gives it to his son Isaac. They don't even say anything to each other. But then he, he gets the knife, and it says the fire for the burnt offering, and they set off. And it takes him three days of a journey And I can imagine it's a pretty somber journey. I'm sure Isaac is wondering what in the world is going on. And so while this plan is unraveling, I want us to keep asking this question. What do you do, right? You and I, when we have this dream, when you have this dream and you feel like your plan is unraveling, what do you do? It's not a good feeling, right? It's, It's very insecure. And I think maybe... I have dealt with a lot of that feeling in my life. I don't know if you have, but I think we're gonna learn something about it here. In verse five, he finally speaks up and he says, he said to his servants, see here with the donkey, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. Oh, sorry, I already read that part. Um, Did I already read that part? Somebody tell me, did I read that part yet? Yeah, because he carried the, okay, they went together, sorry. So Isaac here is, um, the word in Hebrew is a na'ar, which means a young man. 
And sometimes it is translated boy, like in our story, it's translated boy in many translations, but in a lot of other places in scripture, it means a young man. It's like an 18-year-old in several places in scripture is called a na'ar. And so um, a lot of Jewish tradition actually believes that Isaac was not a boy. He was a young man. And you're going to understand a little bit more what that means as we keep going, Um, but what what he does is he has to carry the wood, which will fit on a huge table called an altar. And in order to carry all that wood, it would seem like he would need to be pretty strong. And so he was not a little boy if he was a boy. Um, so um, Abraham's been quiet up until this point, right? And Isaac finally, he, he breaks the silence. Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham in verse 7, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? I think Isaac understands that something's missing. Something's not right about this this time because they've probably done this before. And Abraham says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And so in the midst of the plan falling apart and maybe Abraham feeling like his dream is crumbling, he kind of forces himself to say, you know what, God will provide. (laughs) Do you think he really believes it? I think there had to be at least a little bit of doubt, didn't there? And we do this, don't we? Don't worry, everything's gonna be all right. (laughs) My plans are falling apart. Whether it's maybe a relationship that's not going the way you want it to go or Maybe that class that you're not doing so hot in. Or maybe your job. Man, jobs can be tough sometimes. Kind of, do you ever like fake it? Like, it's gonna be all right. No, no problem, it's gonna be okay. This is kind of where Abraham is right now. And he says in verse nine, it says, when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. So this is probably a stone table. And it's big enough for a person to be on. And the the table is meant to catch the blood of the sacrifice. It says he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. If Isaac really was an older boy or a young man, he probably did it willingly because Abraham was a hundred and something years old. And so I can't imagine a fight or a struggle. It just doesn't make sense to me. He just trusted his dad, you know? And so the time has come. The altar's there. Isaac went along. And I'm sure Abraham's thinking, can I really go through with this? And in verse 10, it says, he reached his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. What, do you, what in the world is going through his mind, right? God, you gave me, you gave me this promise. You gave me this dream. You told me I was gonna be a father of many nations and it would come through Isaac. you know, we get a little peek into what he was thinking because he knew. (laughs) He knew God's promise was gonna prevail. He just trusted in God. In Hebrews 11, it says, Abraham believed that God could bring Isaac back from the dead. And so Abraham just believed so much in God that he knew that if he had to kill his son, God would bring him back from the dead. And right as he was about to slay his son, verse 11, it says, but the angel of the Lord called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. 
Here I am, he replied. It's the same reaction. He says the same thing every time the Lord calls. Here I am. I'm sure he's trembling. I'm sure tears are flowing. And God says, do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns and he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering and said of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on this mountain, the Lord will provide. On this mountain, the Lord will provide. So what do you do when you have a dream but you feel like your plan is falling apart? What do you do when you feel like you're at the end of your rope, everything's unraveling? Do you give up hope? (laughs) And (laughs) let's follow the example of Abraham tonight because what he did was he let go of his plan. He said, okay, God, I thought it was gonna be this, but I'm gonna let go of my plan. And what did he do? He held on to the promise and the purpose of God. So what do you do when you have a dream but you feel like your plans are falling apart, you let go of your plan and you hold on to God's purpose and God's promise because God's purpose and God's promise will always prevail. They will never, ever fail you. So let me ask you this. Does it mean you stop making plans? (laughs) If you know that you can't hold on to your plan, you're eventually gonna have to let go of your plan anyways. Does it mean you just walk around like, I'm not gonna make any plans. God, I'm just gonna do whatever you tell me to do, and I'm only gonna, I'm not gonna take another step until you tell me to. I don't know how long I can hold this. But no, that's not what it means, right? You still, you still make plans. You still have to do, you have to do something, right? But what you do is when you make your plans and you see that your plan is falling apart, you let go of your plans and you hold on to his purpose and his promise. Um, I want to talk to those of you who really, really like to make plans. Because some of us are cool with this. We're like, man, just let the plan go. God's got it, right? But some of you, you're thinking, this makes me nervous. I like my plans. I want it to be just this way. And man, when it's not, that's hard. (laughs) It's hard to let go, isn't it? It it sounds easy to let go of your plans and hold on to his purpose and his promise, but it's hard to let go. I wanna read you something from a book called The Language of Letting Go by Melody Beattie. It says, letting go can feel so unnatural. We work hard for a promotion, a relationship, a new car, a vacation. Then the universe has the gall to come along and mess up our plans. How dare it? And so rather than opening ourselves to the experiences that await us, we hold on to the plans that we have made for ourselves. Or we hold on to bitterness about the plans going awry. Sometimes losing our dreams and plans for our future can hurt as much as losing a tangible thing. Sometimes accepting and releasing our broken dreams is part of accepting a loss. Let go of your expectations. The universe will do what it will. Sometimes your dreams will come true. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes when you let go of a broken dream, another one gently takes its place. 
Does this feel a little bit freeing? That even though you can't trust in your plans, you can always trust in God's purpose and promise. Because when he makes a promise, when he has a purpose for your life, it's always gonna come true. I wanna talk about just for a second, what would happen? Could you just imagine, what would it look like if you said, okay, God, I'm gonna make my plans, but I'm not gonna hold on to them tightly. I'm gonna hold on to your purpose and your promise tightly. This is what I'm gonna hold on to. Can you imagine like whenever your plans do fall through, that bitterness doesn't take root. Because whenever you go down with your plan, what happens? You're, you're mad about that plan not going the way you want it to go. And I think maybe you could even think of a time in your life where your plan didn't go work out. And if you held on to that plan till the very end, <laughs> there's some bitterness there, isn't it? If you let go of your plans and you trust in his purpose and his promise, you get to see beyond your circumstances. And you get to see into eternity. What really matters is his purpose and his promise. You get a little optimistic, don't you? Because even when you have to go through the worst of things, it's worth it. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. I love that. I love that so much. And the coolest thing that happens when you let go of your plans and you hold on to God's promise and God's purpose is you get to show people Jesus. You get to show people what the gospel looks like. Because just like Isaac, Jesus was God's one and only son. Just like Isaac carried the wood up the hill to Moriah, Jesus carried his cross up that very same hill, the hill that Abraham named, the Lord will provide. On that hill, God provided for us, didn't he? Jesus, just like Isaac did, he died willingly. And just like Abraham believed that Isaac would be raised from the dead, Jesus did raised from the dead. That's why we celebrate Easter. That's why we even have this gathering because Jesus didn't stay dead. He, he rose again. And when Abraham let go of his plans and held on to God's purpose, he got to be a part of showing this. See, this, this story isn't really about Abraham, is it? It's about Jesus. And when Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb, this half-hearted, maybe still doubting trying to put his trust in God, he was saying something that is eternally true. God himself will provide the lamb. And that's Jesus. I think there's just so much potential for us really making this a reality. And I hope you can start to get a glimpse of what would your life be like if you let go of your plans and you held on to his promise and his purpose I met a guy from Germany named Richard, and Richard's dream all of his life was to come to America. And when he grew up, he became an engineer, and he got to come to America and work as an engineer. And he had his family, and he met Jesus and started going to church, and God started changing his life. And this really cool thing happened. He realized all of his life he was asking himself, what is my dream? What's my dream? And he said, he had this total change of perspective where he changed his question 
And he started asking God, what would your dream for my life be? God, what would your dream for my life be? You know, Abraham's dream wasn't his own, was it? Maybe he wanted to have a son, but he didn't know to dream big enough to be the father of many nations. God's dream was so much bigger and so much better than what Abraham had in mind. And I I believe that's true for you too. So I want to challenge you to say that prayer tonight. Not what's my dream, but God, just like Richard said, after he had all of his dreams come true, and it wasn't enough, he said, God, what would your dream be for my life? I think this is a powerful, powerful prayer. And I think that if we don't ask it, we're going to risk missing out on something amazing. I want to ask you to do that. And I also want you to really look at, if you do have a dream that you feel like God's put in your heart, or maybe you, you just feel like you came up with it, I, I believe every desire that God gives you is meant to be fulfilled by him. And so I want, I want us to take a second and think about maybe how you could deconstruct that dream. For instance, I have a dream to move to California and plant a church. And I actually still feel like a crazy person every time I, I, I share it. In fact, the first time my wife and I, Amy, first time we ever felt this dream, we didn't know anyone in San Diego. <laughs> and so it was crazy to think about. But uh, when I peel back the layers of that dream, I see God's purpose and God's promise. And let me show you what I mean. God's purpose for my life is to make disciples. So Jesus said, before he went up into heaven, he said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. He wants me to be a disciple maker. And his promise, his purpose and his promise, right? So his purpose is for me to make disciples. His promise is, he said, Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not be able to stand against it. And so I don't have to worry about trying to build up this church. Because guess what? Jesus is planting his church. He's building his church. And nothing's going to be able to stop him. And so I I don't know maybe if you feel like maybe your dream is you want to be married. You want to find the one. (laughs) If If you really peel back that, is your dream to have meaningful relationship? Is your dream to have intimacy? Because those things are not found any better than through God. And while maybe marriage is part of your story, God is the ultimate answer to those prayers. For instance, what if your dream is to find your dream job? What if you peel that back and ask God, I want to do something that matters because he wants you to do something that matters. And so I want us to take a second (laughs) and I want us to ask God that. Lord, not what is my dream. Lord, what would your dream be for my life? And so if you would... We're going to pray. We're just going to, I want to ask you to say that prayer. I loved the message last week. Um, Brandon, he said some really incredible things. He said, God is a merciful God who wants to respond to your prayers. He said, the simplest and most effective way to change the world is to pray. 
And so when you pray, <laughs> just like Jesus said, not my will, God, but your will be done. I wanna ask you, maybe even open up your hands like this as, as a sign of saying, God, I'm letting go of my plans. I want what you want for me. God, what would your dream be for my life? As the band's coming up, I just want you to take a second and just ask him that. Lord, what would your dream be for my life? As you're praying that prayer, I want to also encourage you that this book has the answers. This story that sometimes can seem harsh and sometimes can seem confusing, God has written it to share with you his dreams for your life. And it's not always gonna be great. It's gonna be, it's gonna be hard sometimes. You're gonna have trouble sometimes, but the reward is so much better than any negative thing could ever go through. I want to pray for us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this just incredibly difficult story of Abraham and Isaac that, to be honest, has caused me to doubt, but has also taught me so much about your heart, God. It's taught me that you are not like the other gods. You're merciful. You are full of grace. And Jesus died in our place, just like Isaac got up off that, that table and the ram was caught. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you so much that you conquered sin, you conquered death, you conquered the grave. And because of that, we get to be conquerors too. I pray that we would own that, God. And today, we would keep praying that prayer. Lord, what would your dream be for my life? May we live for you, God. And may we grow in that every day, taking another step of faith. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.